As a business owner, you're probably doing even more public speaking than you realize. Sales calls, elevator pitches, speaking events, video marketing, and more. Oh my! Becoming a more confident public speaker can help your business improve across the board. Brendan Kumarasamy, founder of MasterTalk, joins us today to share his tips and tricks for getting everything from practicing with intention to presenting in virtual settings. You'll leave with actionable advice to improve your own public speaking and grow your business. Join us. Welcome to Marketing Made Easy by Jotful. I'm Don Verbrigge, Jotful CEO, two-time entrepreneur, former business school professor, and your host. I'm here to have practical and fun conversations with people who know a thing or two or three about how to get more customers for your business. Brenda, can you just start by telling us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about how you got into public speaking and how you work with others on it? Yeah, absolutely, Don. Thanks for having me once again. Great to be here. So yeah, my name is Brendan. I'm the founder of Master Talk. Master Talk is a YouTube channel I started many years ago to help the world master the art of communication and public speaking. And I also coach ambitious executives and entrepreneurs on how to become top 1% communicators in their industry. Mm. But of course, when I got started, it wasn't as uh, clean or as succinct as, as I am right now, Don, when I was in yeah. uni. And that's a great elevator pitch, by the way. And I would expect nothing less. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess I guess you could call it that. But yeah, when I when I got started in university, Don, I used to do these things called case competitions. Sure. Think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. Mm-hmm. And that's how I learned how to speak. And then I started coaching students probably five six years ago, and that's what led to the Master Talk YouTube channel. Yeah, awesome. So, can you talk a little bit about all the different ways that public speaking can help us in our business, and specifically? help us acquire and retain customers. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I always like to tell entrepreneurs is that as our businesses scale, Mm -hmm. our communication skills need to scale with it. So what does that mean? That means that as our revenue starts to increase in our business, we, we tend to hire more people naturally. So we transition from the entrepreneur who is not just selling, but also delivering the service. We're, we're one or two men shop or woman shop to now we have a team and we're coaching them on how to deliver the service. Mm-hmm. So what I always tell people is the reason why communication matters, especially in the context of entrepreneurship, is three main reasons. One, as your business scales, your communication skills need to also keep up with that so that you're able to manage bigger and bigger teams. And as your vision gets bigger and bigger with the resources and capital that you acquire. Mm -hmm. The second reason is because every day is a pitch. And what I mean by that is every conversation you have is an opportunity for you to move faster towards your goals. Mm -hmm. So if somebody asks what your business is and you reply with, uh, I don't know, like uh, we like sell pancakes and stuff. It's like, if you're not excited about the business, you don't have that energy and enthusiasm, people don't want to learn more. And number mm-hmm. three, it helps you recruit really talented people towards your vision. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, I it's something that we have seen in Jotful a lot as well. So we we're, I've, I've just felt like we were just constantly pitching. So pitching to investors, pitching to employees, pitching on sales calls, just pitching, pitching, pitching all the time. And we started to notice that, for example, um, we give, I would give this talk all the time on at conferences called How to Get Your Small Business Online. I mean, the most one-on-one talk you could possibly give. But every time I would give the talk, we would get a few customers. You know, They would order websites from us. And we thought, well, this is really interesting. I wonder if we could turn that talk into something that we do virtually. And eventually, we ended up packaging it up as a video that we now run as an ad 
had. And I think it's hilarious that this transition from these individual pitches on sales calls to a presentation on a stage, which is a little bit more formal to now what is really feeling more like acting. Can you talk about, like, it sounds like I think a lot of businesses end up doing that as they grow. Like the, the public speaking that they do starts maybe one-to-one and then grows to become a larger audience and then grows to become an even larger audience. Oh, absolutely. I, I love that you used your own company as the example because that's what people relate to since people know Jotful. Mm-hmm. And I completely agree, right? You start with those one-on-one conversations and then you went to one to X where now you post a video and millions of people can potentially watch that video yep. with the same message. And that's really the power of communication is it allows us to amplify our vision, to amplify our mission, to amplify our ideas so that it reaches more people. So we can think of communication as that flare that really explodes our business growth and also the dreams that we have in life. Can you talk a little bit about virtual settings? This is a really hot topic right now, and I know that we're feeling it as well. I was just thinking today that uh, somebody on the team asked me a question about something that I assumed she knew how to do, but because we're no longer sitting next to each other, we're an all virtual company, is that that day-to-day conversation isn't happening. And so I know that I need to do a much better job of communicating in a more formal way and preparing maybe training lessons and these kinds of things. But a lot of people are also just presenting more virtually through Zoom meetings, pitching through Zoom. Can you just talk a little bit more about how people are presenting virtually and how public speaking can help them? Absolutely right, Don. So there's three key differences when we're presenting virtually versus in an offline in-person setting. So the first one is eye contact. When you're in person, let's say there's 10 people in front of us in a room, we're spreading our eye contact, we're dividing it up based on who we're speaking to. Mm -hmm. But in a virtual call, what's nice is whether you're speaking to one person, 10 people, or 10,000 people, you just got to keep your eyes in one direction, which is the camera lens Uh and it'll look like you're looking at everyone at the same time. That's number one. The second key difference is energy. It's a lot easier for us to pull our energy when we're in person versus when we're virtual because you're not in the same room physically as I am. So Mm -hmm. it's harder for me to bring that energy back. So the way that we fix this is by getting better in the real world, practicing increasing our energy levels and bringing that same energy into the wind that we speak in. And then the third key difference is the ability to ask our audience for feedback and ideas to make our presentations better. Mm-hmm. So when we're in person, it's really easy at the end of, let's say, an in-person meetup to say, hey, you guys want to get lunch or something? And then you could just ask some questions. It's a lot harder to do virtually. So yeah. I always recommend. Oh, go ahead, please. Yeah, no, I was just agreeing with you. Oh, yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, so it's a lot easier. So the, the advice is really get on a phone call with one or two people. Yeah. Yeah. Also, when you're in a room, you can kind of start to read the room. You can tell you get that instant feedback in a way that is just much harder when you're giving a virtual conversation. Absolutely. So you mentioned practice in there, and I'm willing to bet that practice is going to be one of the one of the strategies that you highly recommend in order to become a more confident public speaker. Am I right? Absolutely. And then the layer on top of that is practice effectively, right? Okay. So tell us, tell us, how does one practice effectively? Of course. Happy to. So, so there's two key strategies I always like to recommend. The first one, which is the easiest one, it's called the random word exercise. So all you do is you pick a random word like phone, 
or camera or screen, and you give impromptu presentations, which means preparation uh, speeches without preparation. And that's what really improves your communication over time because it's a lot harder to do that than present anything work-related where you're already the subject matter expert. So that's one strategy. Yeah. And then the second strategy is practice presentations like a jigsaw puzzle. You know those puzzle pieces we used to as kids done? You know those puzzles, kind of put them together. Oh, I, I do them still. Uh-huh. Okay, awesome. So, so you're an expert. So I'll ask you an easy question then. So the question is simply this. When you're working, and or it's not a trick question. Whenever you're working on a puzzle, which pieces do you start with first? And oh, why? the corner and then the edge. Start with the outside because once you make the frame, it's a lot easier to fill in the middle. And then when you fill in the middle, you look for pieces that have something in common. I do a lot of puzzles with my second grader. So we might have um, Toy Story. <laughs> and we'll, we'll put all the pieces for uh, what? what's, oh, that to infinity and beyond guy. Buzz Lightyear. We'll find all the pieces of Buzz Lightyear's costume and put that one together. So you look for things that are similar. And you build out from that. Wow. That was, that was probably the best answer I've ever gotten to that question. You're absolutely right. Like you're clearly the subject matter expert of puzzles, but here's the thing, right? To build on your, your, your amazing response there, Don, is that same analogy we don't apply in communication because whenever we're preparing for a presentation, we just shove a bunch of content. We start with the middle first, we ramble throughout the whole thing. And then our last slide sounds something like this. Uh, uh, thanks. And in summary. <laughs> <laughs> right. So not the right approach. Uh-huh. So practice presentations like a jigsaw puzzle. Start with the edges first. Practice your intro 30 times. Do the same thing with the conclusion, because what's a great movie with a terrible ending? Last time I checked, terrible movie. Right? right. Same thing. And then dive into the middle. Interesting. We'll hear more from our guest right after this brief break. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a business owner. And if you're a business owner in need of a new website, but you really don't want to build it yourself, check out Jotful. Jotful will build you a professional website that both looks great and includes all the marketing best practices. So we'll actually get the job done for your business. And it's affordable. In fact, it's only about 10% of what you'd typically expect to pay an agency or designer. Even better, you can give it a try today for free. At Jotful, we'll make you a free sample website so you can see if it's a good fit for your business before you ever even sign up. Visit us at Jotful.com to request a free sample website for your business. That's J-O-T-T-F-U-L.com. And now back to the show. You know, actually making YouTube ads is like that because people can skip the beginning of the ad. And so you have to have a really, really, really strong intro. And then you want to have a strong outro because the minute your voice starts to dive and people start to sense that the video is ending, they will leave the video, but you need them to stay all the way to the call to action at the end. So I think your advice is really, really applicable to that particular format. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, you, one thing you haven't talked about is memorization versus reading off of a script. And in some applications, does it make sense to read off of a script as opposed to what you kind of described, which is much more, I assume, memorization if it's practice? 
Yeah, the way that I think about this, John, I'm definitely not a fan of memorization in general because it stresses out. It stresses us out oh. for reasons that, right? We yeah. don't need it, right? So, <laughs> so, so the way that that I see it instead is do the random word exercise to make yourself comfortable in the unknown. That's really mm-hmm. what that exercise is meant for you to do. Because if you talk about avocados for 45 seconds, pretty much has nothing to do with our businesses, unless there's an avocado farmer in the room. In that case, I'm sorry. But but uh-huh. for you know, for most cases, it's not related. So when we go back into our businesses, we're a lot more comfortable speaking without uh, without a script, speaking without preparation. But it's not necessarily, but let me rephrase that. I'm not necessarily against writing the speech out though like my Mm. youtube videos i write everything out word for word and the reason is because it helps me structure my thoughts better on video but i do not use a teleprompter to say everything word for word right so do you memorize the whole thing or do you memorize a bit film that bit memorize the next bit film that bit more towards the second. So let's 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 combine both. So essentially what I do okay. is I write everything. So let's say there's five parts to every one of my videos. I read the first part, but I don't memorize. I just read, I get the general idea and I just go. And then it's recorded. And it won't it won't look the same at all as the script. Very similar, but not exactly. Mm-hmm. Then I'll do the second part. Boom. Third part. And, and the analogy I like to use with people, Don, is let's say you go to a dance recital and somebody makes a mistake. Do we notice? No. no. And no. the reason, and you know this, is because we didn't we don't know the routine. Like right. we don't know the choreo. So same thing with this. Excellent. And what about um what about inviting other people in to your practice sessions? Is that something you recommend or is there a time and place for it? Because I feel like if you bring them in too early, you can lose confidence. Correct. Correct. Great point. So the way that I like to do this is do the intro first on your own or in a small group and build momentum. Because the problem is we don't build momentum mm-hmm. because we're always practicing our presentations end to end. So let's say we got a 30 minute pitch or 20 minute pitch. We do the whole thing. We do the whole thing. We do the whole thing. They're like, I'm tired. Let's go get lunch. Right. It's- yeah. Instead, what you want to do is spend that same 45 minutes just doing your introduction 30 times. And I guarantee you, the 30th time will sound way better. Even if you're not even doing anything else, even if you're not watching your technique, it'll just be way better. And then when you feel that momentum, then yes, absolutely record it, bring some friends in, get some feedback, et cetera. Yeah. One, one trick that I do if I'm giving a presentation on, on a stage. And so I want to practice it a bit is I will actually walk around the neighborhood and I'm sure that the neighbors think I'm crazy because I'll actually move my lips. I will move my hands doing the gestures that I intend to do on stage. But that's that's how I practice. There's something about the act of walking around that helps kind of implant it on my memory. And I don't know if that's a, if that's a strategy or if it's just something that happens to work for me. No, I love that, Don. You know, the, the way that I always think about it, it's kind of similar to morning routines, right? Mm-hmm. Like people, I'm sure, ask the both of us, what's what's your morning routine? What's the ideal? Should I wake up at 5 a.m. and do sprints for 45 minutes? And, and my answer is the same as, as it comes down to the strategy that's worked for you, which is test everything mm-hmm. and keep the ones that, that really are helping. So in your case, walking around your neighborhood is really effective for you. So keep doing that. You know, it's always double down on what works for you. I personally don't do that, but, but I love that you do it and you're getting, how do you do it? How do you practice? Uh, The way I do is a bit different now where I'm, so I apply a puzzle 
in the way that I communicate. So I, I spend a lot of time doing my intro, doing my clothes. And then what I do is I record the whole thing and then I send it to people. Or when I present it, I get the worst critics that I know in my network to attend the call and only give me negative feedback. That's the way I do it. Oh, fascinating. Okay. I have a completely different approach when it comes to getting feedback during practice. I invite my colleague who sees all of these and has seen me practice. And so she knows that it's going to sound like crap in practice. So the bar, I know that the bar is lower. She knows it's going to sound like crap, but then afterwards she gives me the confidence where she always says, but I know you're going to sort this out and kill it when you actually do the event. Right. And so I guess sort of the benefit of getting the feedback from her in a way that is mm, confidence building mm. in preparation for the actual event. Yeah. I, lo- I love that strategy too. I-, I definitely feel it works. I guess it depends who you are, right. Mm-hmm. And how you take feedback, but I definitely feel your approach is just as good. And I definitely do that at the beginning. You don't want to break people's confidence up too early, but, but definitely yeah. build it up over time. It sounds like your strategies have evolved over time as you become a more confident and accomplished public speaker. Would you say that's accurate? Maybe in the beginning, you scripted everything out and you were more careful and now you can wing it a little? Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's why, you know, for us, the first exercise we always start with for people is not even building a speech. We just go do the random word exercise a hundred times, literally, and you don't get reward on how well you do it. You get reward on how many times you do it. That's it. Mm-hmm. So if somebody does it 50 times, we go, woo. And if somebody does it five times, we go, mm, I think you need to do it a bit more times. And then over time, they get more confident. So then they get to a place where when they get to the presentation, they're more open to, to, uh, to points of improvement. Yeah. I mean, there's something to be said for taking as many opportunities as you can to do public speaking, because then when you have a bigger event or a bigger opportunity that comes up, you're a little bit less nervous because you've done so many more and you've taken all of those baby steps. All of them serve as practice sessions for that, for that larger one, that bigger opportunity down the road. Absolutely. Right. Completely agree with you. Awesome. So is there anything else before we open it up? Is there anything else you'd like to, to add Brendan? Yeah. And, and, and it builds really well on what you said, Don, because a uh-huh. lot of your shares are really focused on, you know, how can we bring more positivity to communication? How can we make this more fun? Mm-hmm. And I have the same approach to, you know, the way that I think about it is a lot of communication is really negative. We always talk about the fear, the stress. So how do we change that mindset? The way that we do this is through a question I like to ask people. And this is something everyone can reflect on. And the question is, how would your life change if you were an exceptional communicator? Start thinking about that question because that's what really helps you build momentum and say, okay, that's why I want to get better as a communicator. And it'll give you the motivation to get better. Oh, that's so great to just really be thinking about the goal and why you're doing this in the first place. I love it. Well, that's a wrap. If you enjoyed this episode of Marketing Made Easy by Jotful, please give us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast platform. That helps other people find out about the podcast so they too can grow their businesses. And hey, while you're there, if you're not yet a subscriber to this podcast, go ahead and click the subscribe button. That way, you'll never miss an episode. From all of us here at Jotful, I hope you enjoyed this podcast and I'll meet you on the next one.